Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would, turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 11. Now last week we talked about Jesus telling His disciples... Don't think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. So there was a possibility of a misunderstanding about Jesus. And today, I think we also kind of see uh, the same idea of a misunderstanding about Jesus. Uh, And and we often run into people with misunderstandings about Jesus. I'm going to talk about three different kinds of uh, misunderstandings of Jesus. Oftentimes, we run into maybe the prosperity Jesus. The prosperity Jesus that uh, um, prosperity preachers talk about that uh, wants you to have plenty of money in the bank wants you to uh, uh, have, have all the health and wealth and everything that you could desire, who's kind of like a genie in a bottle. Well, that doesn't match the biblical Jesus. The biblical Jesus promised us, well, he, he, first of all, last week He told us, we've got to take up our cross to follow Him. We're not, we don't take up our cross, we're not worthy of Him. He promised us, uh, that, that we would face suffering and persecution and that people would hate us because they hated Him. So, the prosperity Jesus doesn't really sound like the biblical Jesus to me. And then you have the therapeutic Jesus. The therapeutic Jesus that just wants you to feel good. Uh, that, that just wants you to... Uh, there, there's not really, he doesn't want to talk about sin... He doesn't want to talk about um, uh, anything that might be negative. Just wants you to feel good. And it fits very well with our culture today, doesn't it? Because everything is about affirming everything that we already think naturally apart from Jesus. Jesus was not here to be therapeutic. And then we also see, there's many different kinds of, of misunderstandings about Jesus, but here's another one. The um, culturally acceptable Jesus. The culturally acceptable Jesus. Now, um, in, a, in days past, um, it might have brought you a little bit of cultural capital to be a part of a church. People might have thought, if you're, if you're a member of a church, then, then you must be a good person. Or if you wanted to run for office or something, you needed to be a member of a church. But that kind of day is gone. It's, dec- it's been gone for decades. Today, to say you're a Christian is to invite slander. It's not like it was in the days many of us may remember. Well, John also had a misunderstanding about Jesus. Not John the disciple, but John the Baptist also had a misunderstanding about Jesus. Now, John the Baptist, he was prophesied. He, He was the forerunner that came before Jesus. But remember, at this point in his ministry, he had been arrested. He had been put in the dungeon of Herod. He was awaiting the ultimate fact that he was going to have his head cut off 
Because he was preaching to the king that he needed to repent. And here he was in this dark, deserted dungeon. There's some alliteration for us. (laughs) And he starts to wonder, this isn't looking very good. Is this really the Jesus? Is this really the Messiah? Or should we look for another? So let's go ahead and read our text, beginning in verse 11. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went, for, went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is, come, is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus, said, and Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the poor have the good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out to see in the wilderness? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, Among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, And they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have revealed to us who you are in your word. (coughs) We pray that you would help us not to misunderstand who you are and what you came to do. We pray that any, any kind of false conceptions of Jesus would be cleansed from our minds that we might embrace the Jesus we see in Scripture. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to believe. In Jesus' name, amen. 
the text begins, when Jesus finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. We have just seen in chapter 10, and actually beginning, I think at the end of chapter 9, no, it was, yeah, yeah, it was the beginning of chapter, the end of chapter 9, where Jesus had sat down and, and had been teaching his disciples, commissioning them. He, he commissioned his 12 disciples and gave them instructions on what they were to do as they went out into the world to preach and do miracles. If we look at the structure here of Matthew so far, we started with the narrative of his birth, and then as he began his public ministry, he went out into the wilderness, and he, he fasted, and he was tempted by the devil, and as he began his earthly ministry, he, he went about preaching and teaching, and he was doing miracles and healing people. And we come to chapter 5, and we have this teaching section. From chapter 5 through chapter 7, we have the Sermon on the Mount. And then in chapter 8, it picks up again with miracles. Talking about all these different miracles he performed. He healed the centurion's servant. He healed a woman with an issue of blood. He calmed a storm. And all these different miracles that we see. And then at the end of chapter 9... He's speaking to his disciples and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And he goes on and he starts to select these 12 men that he's going to send out. And we have this other teaching section. Well, at the end of his teaching and instructing his disciples that had gone throughout all of chapter 10, these disciples of John come to him. Verse 2. And when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, of the Christ he kept hearing about his, his deeds. He was in prison. But you, know, you don't get a whole lot of news necessarily when you're in prison. <laughs> but people, the, 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 the news of Jesus, His miracles, His teaching, was spreading through the prison walls. People were hearing about it even there. And John heard about the deeds of the Christ, and he sent word by his disciples. Now John here, he was at a low point. He was at a low point. He was in this dungeon that he was never going to get out of. Who knows? He may have expected that he would never get out of it. And he sees all that... He's heard about all that Jesus is doing... Remember, this is the same John the Baptist who after his baptism, after Jesus' baptism, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He had this faith. He knew who Jesus was. And yet, even he came to a point where he was wondering, I don't know. I mean, things are looking pretty bad for me. I'm about to lose my head. And remember, John, he grew up in the same society who was looking and expecting that there was going to be a Messiah who would come out and come and ride out the Romans. He lived in the same context as everybody else at the time. And so he expected you know, that Jesus would come victoriously the first time. Even John didn't understand that Jesus' mission was to come and suffer and die yet. 
And so, John, he was confused. You ever get that way? You believe in Jesus. You know He's real. But your circumstances get you down. You, 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 you look at the way your life has gone and you think, I don't know. This just doesn't seem to be what I expected. John felt that way. And he sent his disciples to Jesus to ask Him, are you the one? Or should we look for another? And this is what Jesus answered. He didn't just say yes or no. He said, go and tell John what you see and hear. And this is important. This is important. Remember what Ron read earlier. These passages from, from Isaiah 35 and from Isaiah 61. Isaiah 35 saying that in the days that the Messiah comes, the blind will see and the deaf will hear. And, and at the, in, this, in chapter 61, it says, the, the good news will be proclaimed to the poor. And here, what is Jesus saying to John through His disciples? Go and tell John what you see and hear. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the good news preached to them. Jesus doesn't give a yes or no answer. He just says, you know the signs. You know what the Scripture says. I'm here. I'm the one. It may not look like what you expected, but everything that the prophets wrote about, it's happening. And that was Jesus' answer to John. Jesus' final thing that He says to John, and blessed is the one who is not offended by Me. What would people be offended by? Jesus didn't match their expectation. What did the religious leaders want? They wanted somebody who would rout out the Romans and give them uh, rule over their own people instead of it being ruled by a foreign government. But Jesus didn't match their expectations. He came... Gentle and lowly. He didn't come the first time triumphantly, but He was born in a manger and He was friends with tax collectors and sinners and He came to suffer. He came not to be a political leader, but He came to die. It didn't match their expectations. And Jesus says, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. We could be offended by Jesus when we see that He doesn't match our expectations. When He's not what we thought He would be. But oh, how blessed we are when we look into the Scriptures and we see who Jesus really is and we embrace that instead of turning away. Verse 7. As they went away, so the disciples of John leave, as they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds. So He turns His attention. He was speaking to the disciples of John. Now He's speaking to the crowds as a whole, not just His disciples. Concerning John. He's talking about John. What did you go out to the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? 
John had been out in the wilderness preaching, prepare the way for the Lord. He was out out there preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he was baptizing people and he asked them this strange question. Did you go out to see a reed shaken by the wind? Did you just go out to see the scenery? (laughs) Did you just go out to the wilderness because you wanted to see the weeds? (laughs) That's not why you went out to the to the to the wilderness that's what he saved the crowds what did you go out to see a man dressed in soft clothing the answer of course is no a man dressed in soft clothing no no remember john he he wore camel's hair and he ate bugs he ate locusts and honey this was not a guy with a posh lifestyle He was rugged. He was dirty. Jesus said, what did you go out to see? Oh, wait. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. Notice, who's the one who has John in prison? The king. Herod, he's the one who's in soft clothing, not John who's there in the dungeon what did you go out to see a prophet he asked the question a prophet yes and I I tell you and more than a prophet why was Jesus saying that John was more than a prophet he tells us in verse 10 this is he of whom it is written John was the fulfillment of prophecy that's why he, was, he wasn't just a prophet. He was prophesied about. John was one who was... It was written about, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before me. Isaiah had written about John. That John would be the forerunner who would come and, and pro- proclaim the way of the Lord before Jesus would come. And Jesus is identifying who John really was. He was the forerunner. He was the prophesied one who would come before the Messiah. Jesus says, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Wow. Jesus is saying, of all the people who have ever been born, ever since Cain and Abel, no one has arisen up until that time, up until that time, who's greater than John the Baptist. He's he's great, great, great man and a prophet. And yet, he follows that up, and he says, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. How can that be? What what does Jesus mean by the fact that the the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist? This is what I think he means. John the Baptist was prophesied. He was the the one who was proclaiming the way, yet he did not live to see the reality of what Jesus was going to do. 
John the Baptist was killed by Herod. His head was cut off before he ever got to see Jesus go to the cross, die, and rise again. John the Baptist was killed before he ever got to see Jesus ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit come upon the church on the day of Pentecost. And so I think that means for us, the least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know where I rank in the kingdom of heaven. And it's not for me to even guess or try to think about it. But I'd say, in look, thinking about my own life, it must be somewhere towards the bottom. Jesus says the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. Why? Because we get to see what John didn't get to see. He only proclaimed about beforehand. We get to see the fact that Jesus died on that cross for us. He died for our sins. We we get to see it after the fact. We get to see the fact that He rose again victoriously, defeating death. We get to see the fact that the Holy Spirit now dwells within us. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Now John, he was indwelled by the Holy Spirit from birth. He was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. But we now as a church, we experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in a different way. So we stand in a better place than John did because we get to see the finished work of Christ. And we get to have the Comforter who was sent to live within us in a way that John did not get to see. Then Jesus says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. We, from from John the Baptist day and from all the prophets actually, there's always been opposition to Jesus' kingdom. There's always been opposition to the kingdom of God. Violent men who will persecute. We think of Stephen who was the first martyr, all the way down to people in our own day, all around the world, in different countries around the world, who suffer violence for the sake of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, The Old Testament, the prophets and the law, that's what that's pointing to. The, the, the Old Testament, it prophesied until John. We live in a new era now. And if you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. This is, this is kind of strange here. See, John the Baptist in the Gospel of John was asked, are you Elijah who is to come? And he said, no. Now Jesus here is saying that John was that Elijah. How does that fit together? John was recognizing he was not literally Elijah risen from the dead. He was not some kind of reincarnation. Christians don't believe in reincarnation. 
We believe after death, it is appointed unto man once to die and after that face the judgment. From Hebrews chapter 9.27. We don't believe in reincarnation. Um, Elijah wasn't somehow risen from the dead. So John said, no, I'm not Elijah. But Jesus here is saying, yes, He is Elijah because He's the one who was prophesied who would come like Elijah. In Malachi chapter 4, it says that He's the one who would come like Elijah before the Messiah would come. And Jesus is saying, John the Baptist, He's that one. So the point here Jesus is making, John was prophesied. He's the one who would come and say, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And also, he is that Elijah that was expected to come before the Messiah. He says, he who has ears, let him hear. We need ears to hear. We need ears to hear. That's something I often pray, I think every week, before I, as I get up to preach. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And I'm not talking about literal ears or literal eyes. Because we can show up and we can hear it and it can go right past us. Week after week after week after week. We can, we can grow up in church and keep hearing it over and over and over again and it can mean nothing to us. But the one who Jesus gives ears to hear, let him hear a spiritual ear. An ear that when we hear it, it changes us and makes us come alive. That's the kind of ear to hear that we need. Verse 16. But what shall I compare this to what shall I compare this generation? So Jesus is gonna, he's gonna here make a comparison. The, the, the people in this day are like this. It's like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates. This is kind of a difficult passage for a lot of us to to understand as we come to it initially. But here's what I think it's talking about. Um, I think all of us probably, when we were kids, probably learned to play the games Mother May I, right? Or um, Simon Says, okay? So, uh, Josh... If I tell you, Simon says, stand up, what are you going to do? Oh, he stands up. Okay. If I say, Simon says, turn around, what are you going to do? Okay. If I tell you, put your hands on your head, what are you going to do? You didn't do anything. Why? Because I didn't say Simon says. Okay. Now, in the same way, kids have always played games like this. And Jesus says, it's like children playing in the marketplace, sitting in the marketplace, calling to their playmates, we played the flute for you and you didn't dance. We sang at dirge. So this game is similar to like as Simon says. Kids, they're going to they're gonna play this little flute thing, and when they, when they play the flute, when they hear the happy music, the, the ones who are playing the game are supposed to dance. And whenever they, they sing a dirge, a funeral song, 
then the response that the kids are supposed to give is, you know, cry. And what he's saying here, this generation is like these children sitting in the marketplace playing this game, and they're they're playing. They're saying, "We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance." It's like whenever they say Simon didn't say it, and they're out of the game, right? <laughs> we played for the flute for you, and you didn't dance. You had the wrong response. We sang a dirge, and you didn't mourn. All the signs were there. The gospel had been preached to the poor. The blind saw. The dead had been raised. The lepers were cleansed. All the signs were there and the people didn't respond the right way. We could be like that. All the signs were there. It's right in front of our faces what we need to do. And yet we can just ignore it and pass it off. Jesus said, For John came neither drinking, eating or drinking, and they say, He has a demon. So he's saying, John, he came, and John led, led this ascetic kind of life. He was very disciplined. He didn't drink alcohol. He would kind of ate like a, he was like a Nazarite from the Old Testament. He, had, he was very, very disciplined and ascetic in his lifestyle. And the people looked at him and said, he has a demon. Did John really have a demon? No. They missed the signs. They didn't, they didn't respond correctly to all the signs. And John, and he says, the Son of Man, meaning himself, Jesus, the Son of Man came eating and drinking the very things John didn't do came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him. He's a glutton and a drunkard. He's like, he's criticized if he does and criticized if he doesn't. I'll leave the other expression out. <laughs> he came eating and drinking, and he says, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Here Jesus comes. He comes to redeem fallen human beings. He comes like the one who came at the wedding at Cana and made wine. And they look at this miracle and they look at Jesus and say, ah, oh, he's a drunkard. And they write him off. He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus closes with wisdom is justified by her deeds. They're not getting the signs, but they'll see. They'll see in the end. I think what this comes down to is this. All the signs are there. Jesus is who He said He was. Jesus came into this world. He taught and He preached and He proclaimed the kingdom of God. He, and He also did all kinds of miracles. He gave sight to the blind. He gave <coughs> hearing to the deaf. He cleansed lepers. He did all of these things. And we have a choice of what we're going to do with Jesus. We can have the appropriate response and receive Him as the Messiah, the Savior, 
embrace Him, look to Him for our salvation, or we can dismiss Him like the people in Jesus' time. We have the same signs that they had, and we can have the same response. We can believe in Him, become His followers, and we can turn Him away. I think this is what this text is, is telling us. Jesus really is who He said He was. All the signs are there. If we don't listen to Him, it's because we don't have ears to hear. It's because we've been blinded by our sin. And we need to have our blind eyes open. listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.